2: I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith, who is filling in for Carol Zernial, Carol on special assignment. Tina is director of caregiver program operations for the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's got a master's in social gerontology from the University of Central Missouri, a BS in psychology from the University of Missouri, Columbia. As director of caregiver program operations, Tina is responsible for a variety of programs that assist caregivers and their families She's worked with seniors and caregivers for over 30 years within the long-term care industry. And Tina, we're delighted to have you with us again.
3: Uh, Thank you very much, Ron. I always, always uh, learn something new, so I'm looking forward to to being here today.
2: Well, this program is going to air before the major uh, holidays of this year, the New Year's, uh, certainly uh, uh, Christmas and Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, and all kinds of festive stuff. And, And there's always a question of, how do you do this as your loved ones begin to age? Do you get that kind of question at the senior centers?
3: We do, we do, and just uh, you know, in talking to caregivers, especially um, you know, depending on the the care that they're providing or the level of care, it can be tricky. Hol- uh, holidays are a stressful time, and so that can um, sometimes just the whole holiday on top of caregiving um, can be be a challenge, just depending on what the needs of their loved ones are.
2: We have a special guest to talk about this today, Dr. Aaron Blight. Dr. Blight is the owner and founder of Caregiving Kinetics, an internationally oriented firm that offers caregiving consulting services to organizations and groups nationwide. His debut with caregiving uh, called When Caregiving Calls Guidance as You Care for a Parent, Spouse, or Aging Relative. It was released in February of 2020. He's gained praise from Publisher Weekly, Kirkus Reviews, and other experts. And more importantly, people around the globe who have called as and called as caregivers and find they need as much support and information as they can get. And Aaron, it's great to have you back on Caregiver SOS On Air.
4: Thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here and, and also to be here with Tina.
2: I think one of the things, and Tina touched on this, that is so apparent during this time of year, uh, everywhere you look in media whether it's print or radio uh, or television or in the movies, uh, the Hallmark Channel. It's all about the wonder, the glory, the love, the festivity and happy people during the holidays. And and yet, Aaron, the result is not everybody's happy.
4: (laughs) That's true. The holiday season can be a time of stress and a time of, of loss and sorrow for older adults, especially if they've, Experienced uh, the death of a of a spouse or a loved one, or maybe they themselves have experienced physical or mental changes throughout the year that are producing some limitations in their ability to celebrate the holidays the way that they used to.
2: And one of the challenges, uh, if thinking of my own family for example, uh, my late Grandma Tamarkin was the focal point for festivities in the Jewish tradition. It's around food in the home uh, and the family together. And, and Grandma Tamarkin was the one who put it all together. And over time, as she aged, she couldn't do it anymore, yeah. which was uh, tremendously stressful for her and for the family.
4: Yeah, what you've described, Ron, is, is actually very common in families, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I think is really important in situations like that is, you know, don't, don't cancel the holidays because the, the matriarch or the person who's always been the organizer and the, and the leader and the, and the keeper of the holiday traditions can't do the same things they used to be used to do. You know, you can adapt and still celebrate the holidays in meaningful ways, even though if it, even though it might look a little bit different than it used to.
2: And as you as you adapt, Tina Smith, uh, how do you talk to uh, my grandma Tamarkin about you know you you really can't do what you've been doing anymore, but we want you a part of it? How, how do you facilitate that?
3: Those those conversations are hard. No one wants to, to to start that conversation to tell somebody that they can't do something any longer. Um, but you know, just to, to find a time. What we recommend when when family members have to have some of those hard conversations is is find a, a good time when you know everyone is able to to kind of sit and listen and and to address it. Just to ask questions and, and get feedback um, if you're able to from your loved one and, and see you know, the things that they want to do. Maybe they can't do everything to the fullest, but maybe there are some adaptations, as as Dr. Blight said. You know, maybe there's some things that they can do that's sort of like the way they used to, but maybe not exactly, um, you know, some sort of compromise uh, in a sense.
2: We're going to toss this to Aaron in a moment, but for those who may have just joined us, I want you to know you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. We're talking about holidays and our aging loved ones. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith and our special guest, Dr. Aaron Blight, as we talk about the holidays and seniors. And Aaron, how do you recommend transitioning from Grandma Used to Do It All to the new reality?
4: Well, I think that, first of all, if if Grandma is cognitively aware and she's of a sound mind, it's important for her to be a part of that conversation and recognize the role that she has historically played in building and establishing family traditions, especially around the holidays and honoring that and saying, you know, grandma, we so appreciate everything that you've done for our family and put us on this path to to celebrate the holidays in these ways. We also recognize that things are changing and you're getting older and and you may not be able to do everything that you used to do. And that's okay. We're here to to try to continue those traditions that you've established and to include you as much as we can or as much as you want to be included. So let us know, you know, what are you comfortable doing and what might you not want to do anymore? And no, the,
2: the reality may be she's thrilled to hear that.
4: She It might be enormous relief for grandma to hear something like that from her family. And especially if you're expressing that intent to continue the traditions that she established.
2: And as you look at uh, caregiving and through your organization, uh, do those kinds of questions come to you?
4: Oh, all the time, all the time. Caregiving is a process of continual adaptation to your loved one's changing health conditions. And that and applies I- in, in these holiday tradition type settings, but it applies on a day to day basis, you know, as as the care receiver's needs evolve over time the caregiver has to adapt to those needs.
2: How did you get into the field?
4: Well, I didn't seek it out. That's for sure. I think a lot of us in the field didn't necessarily seek it out, but I was in national health care policy when my mother-in-law got a brain tumor. It happened to me at a relatively young age. I was 29. She was 59. She moved into our home, and we, we became family caregivers. We were part of the sandwich generation and that really ultimately changed the the direction of my career. And I opened a home care business to help families like mine. And then I studied caregiving as a phenomenon of social science. And and as you said, I, I wrote a book about it. So it's a topic that I'm very passionate about. It's, it's a universal topic. It's something that touches everyone at some point in their lives, either as caregivers or care receivers. And so... Um, so I love, I love to talk about this. I, I, a lot of people are not prepared for, for family caregiving.
2: I think most people are not.
4: Yeah. You, you have this in, in your mind, you know, that, you know, at some point your parents uh, might start to show signs of aging and, and need a little bit of help. But, you know, for, for most of us, uh parent, your, your parents have been rocks, you know, mm-hmm. they've, they've, they raised you, they provided for you and, and for them to be dependent or need help from you could be kind of distressing and disorienting
2: how do you recommend people prepare for that we're talking about uh, the holidays and aging loved ones what can we do uh, as individuals to get ready for what may be that demand for personal caregiving for our family
4: well the first thing ron that i like to recommend to people is to not not wait for a crisis to emerge sometimes families just avoid Conversations about this because they're not pleasant. They they might not want to, to uh, hurt hurt feelings. But uh, if you actually engage in conversations early, it allows you to understand a little bit more about your loved one's wishes, their goals, what's important to them as they as they get older, and you're not confronted with a crisis situation where your loved one is suddenly in the hospital and you have to make these these very hard decisions without maybe even knowing what they want.
2: What are your recommendations on opening up that conversation?
4: Well, if there's anybody who's uh, an older adult listening to this, it's always really helpful if the older adult starts the conversation. I know that in my case, uh, my parents have made a point of sitting, sitting me down and talking to me about some of these things. And I appreciate that because they bring it up and they're being, you know, very realistic about it and, and honest, and they also know what I do. And so maybe it's a little bit, they're a little more comfortable talking with me about it. But, uh, you know, sometimes if you don't have that, that opportunity, one thing that I like to recommend is talking about an acquaintance or a friend or someone that you know, or you both know, who has been experiencing some health challenge challenges. So for example, you know, you're talking with your mom, and your mom has a neighbor who's 87 years old and and that neighbor is starting to experience some troubles. And you might say, Hey mom, um, I noticed that the neighbor is having some, some challenges. What do you think about that? What, what would you do in that situation? If if you were experiencing challenges like that, how could we help you? And so that's a kind of a, a way to open the door for the conversation without seeming like you're, you're going straight at your mom.
2: That's a really good idea, Tina. What do you think?
3: No, I think I think it's a it's a good entry way. You know, it just depends on the the personality and and you know you know you know your parents and and how they react to things. And so, uh, taking that cue, I think can be can be very helpful. Um, I was I was going to ask, uh, you know, could the holidays again. Coming back to that, this is when family come back in town. And so, how do you navigate? The different relationships, or maybe when family comes back in town, you know, mom or grandma has changed significantly from the last time they saw them. And, and so bringing them into that, that conversation and, and having um, hopefully a cohesive conversation about, you know, next steps or, or what they see. How do you take that's, all that?
2: That's a great question. We'll get the answer in just a moment. First, I want to remind you, I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Aaron Bright, and our co-host today is Tina Smith. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, Ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiver.sos.org. Hello, friend. Hello,
4: friend. Really good to see you once again. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. Really good to see you once again.
2: I'm we are so pleased you're sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Tina Smith filling in for Carol Zernial today. And we're talking with Dr. Aaron Blight, he's the founder of a company that deals with caregiving, internationally known firm that helps folks deal with the kinds of problems and issues that come up, whether in organizations or groups worldwide with caregiving. And right before we did a little business at our end, Tina threw out a great question, Aaron, uh, and that is family comes in from out of town and all of a sudden they notice, hey, mom's not doing well look at the differences what's going on here
4: yeah that's actually a very common thing uh ron and and i know tina's experienced this as well i'm sure when i owned my home care company in the month of january we always had a spike in service requests and i attributed that to this exact scenario where families convene for the holidays they realize because they're laying eyes on mom or dad that there's actually help that is needed now and maybe they didn't notice it before on phone calls and things like that. And so they start to, there's a greater likelihood of, of going outside for formal caregiving assistance from a home care company. So every January we experience this and uh, the families would often say, we noticed these, these changes in mom during the holidays. So how do you handle that in the moment is is the question, right? And um, I can tell you a few things that you you probably don't want to do. (laughs) You don't want to just come in guns blazing and take over mom's life. That's just not the way to handle it. Um, You have to be gentle and respectful. You don't want to grill mom with a ton of questions. You don't want to tell mom that she's doing everything wrong now. Uh, that just won't go over well. She she's an adult. She's been living. She or, or dad, they've been living independently for for their whole lives, and so it's a it's a delicate conversation that you may need to have, and it's important to include them as much as you can in in that conversation.
2: You know, the other flip side of that uh, are uh, coming into town, and uh, one of your siblings has been the caregiver. And you come in from out of town and all of a sudden, man, you know how to do it better. You second guess, you recommend, you push, you shove. I can give you a personal example. My mom was in Cleveland, my dad had passed away. My brother Jim uh, was the caregiver, I'm in San Antonio. And I called Jim one day quite innocently. And I said, hey Jim, uh, you know, I think maybe it would be helpful if mom did X, whatever X was. Jim said, you know, Ron, that's a great idea. In fact, I'll have her on a plane to San Antonio in about six hours. <laughs> you can pick her up at the airport. We'll ship her clothes via FedEx, and you can take over. That was the last time I made a suggestion.
4: Yeah. That actually also is is unfortunately common. Sometimes the primary caregivers, um, it, It's if you're not the primary caregiver, I don't think you really can appreciate the energy and the focus and the uh, just the wear that uh, routine caregiving can produce, and sometimes family members, even in a you know with a spirit of love and concern, they offer a bunch of suggestions to right. the family caregiver, and, and they may not be well received. <laughs>
2: huh. Well, who needs to be second guessed by somebody living fourteen hundred miles away?
4: Yeah, there's usually more to what's going on, and there's there's always a reason for the way things are being done.
2: But, but that gets to something that especially as we move into the holidays, uh, Tina and Aaron makes a lot of sense, uh, and that's communication. How well are you as the caregiver letting extended family and others know how things are going, how mom or dad are doing, what your needs may be, what your successes may be? Do we do enough of that, Aaron?
4: I think we do not and open communication is is the ideal for families and when families are g- gathering for the holidays it presents a, a unique opportunity especially if they're geographically t- dispersed to have some of those conversations and i think that it's always best to to be realistic and open and to not not put your head under a rock and and deny that things are happening or not happening as the as it were
2: now it should help yeah, Go ahead, Tina.
3: I was going to say, I would say, you know, in today's day and age, you know, it's one of those silver linings of the pandemic. It's just the, the Zoom calls, the video calls. They make family meetings. We talk about having family meetings on a regular basis. We try to encourage caregivers who do have family members that are willing and, and able to step in, even if they're a long distance, and and have those regular communications. It really is key. If you're open um, you know, communicating with what's, you know, exactly is going on, uh, that's gonna alleviate some of the stress. One, you might be able to bring some of those family members in, but also you're not dealing with uh or having to manage suggestions and you know, requests uh, that might not be as helpful from other family members. Cause they're, you know, they're at a, a long distance, so they may not be able to um they they certainly don't see everything.
4: Yeah, uh, the other, the other thing that that uh I think is important to to acknowledge here in the holidays. Ron, you you were talking about your grandma being the keeper of holiday traditions and the organizer of things. In some families, uh, the person who is the keeper of traditions and the organizer of family gathering gatherings also is now a family caregiver, and is shouldering that responsibility, which is very time consuming and takes a lot of energy, and so the other family members might recognize that the primary family caregiver isn't in a position this year to do it all and so same same thing applies as what we were saying earlier with with grandma um maybe family members can reach out to that primary caregiver and say look you know you've got a lot on your plate let's see how we can continue our family traditions without you having to shoulder so much of that responsibility
2: and could the family caregiver reach out and ask for that help?
4: Absolutely. I would encourage that.
2: Tina's smiling. They don't do that, do they, Tina?
3: No, asking for help is hard. I mean, we're a pretty independent society. We're, you know, in this for better or for worse, and it's uh, it's not easy. You know, part of it is maybe a pride thing, or you don't want to be a burden to someone else, or, or sometimes there's that attitude or thought of, well, no one's going to do it as, as well as I can do it. So I've got to do it all, which is, I don't know, how do you, how do you combat that kind of thought process, Dr. Blight?
4: <laughs> well, that's something that I talk to caregivers about a lot. I try to tell them that you can't do this all by yourself and it's okay to ask for help. And it takes, you have to come to that realization that you can't do it all and that that you're maybe driving yourself into the ground by trying to do so much uh, the the needs of a care receiver, the needs of your aging loved one, they don't just disappear because it's a holiday. <laughs> you still have to provide all of that caregiving assistance in the bathroom or with dressing or feeding or whatever the case may be. And uh, so you don't get a break on holidays and weekends and nights necessarily.
2: Is that a time to move the venue where everything used to be at grandma's house? Now you need to move it somewhere else to make life easier, not only for her but for the caregiver.
4: I think that's definitely one adaptation that would be valid. You know, if that's if that's the way that your family has been doing things at a particular location, and it's just not working today for your your loved one, uh, whether that's the caregiver or the care receiver, yes, by all means, tweak it.
2: Absolutely.
4: Don't abandon it. I think that's one of the things. There, There's really, there's kind of a, a psychological, philosophical, philosophical relationship dimension to, to holiday traditions, right? The research shows that they are good for mental health, holiday traditions and rituals. They're good for social connections. They allow us to have, to show solidarity as a family. Uh, they can produce stability in a time that could be maybe unstable with, with changing health conditions. So there are a lot of reasons to try to keep those holiday traditions and rituals alive. That's It's part of being in this family, part of being in this culture. And we can't as humans just abandon all of that because of a health condition.
2: Let me ask you how folks can get hold of your book and what they'll find in it. When caregiving calls, guidance, As You Care for a Parent, Spouse, or Aging Relative. We got about two minutes left, and I didn't want to get away without letting folks know about your book. What will they find in it?
4: Thanks, Ron. Uh, So the book is written for family caregivers. It's organized into 18 chapters that are all touching upon issues and themes that are common in family caregiving. Uh, It's grounded in research, but also personal stories. Uh, I share a little bit about my own life, as well as some of the experiences that I had in my home care company with clients. And then at the end of each chapter, there are questions for reflection that are designed to allow the family caregiver to apply what they read to their own individual situation. And I find that sometimes family caregivers themselves have access to the best solutions. They just may not know the right questions to ask. So the book is really kind of a a learning tool for family caregivers. And I'm delighted to share it with you.
2: And where do people find the book?
4: It's on Amazon, or you can find it anywhere that books are sold.
2: And do you have a website folks can go to?
4: I do. The website is caregivingkinetics.com. That's caregiving, K I N E T I C S.com.
2: And what will people see there?
4: Well, there, there, there they will learn a little bit more about how I work with organizations and community groups to provide educational workshops and messages and things like that that help to inspire caregivers, both paid and family caregivers.
2: And if you turn the clock back, 29-year-old Aaron Blight changes mid-career, has to care for a relative who's struggling with a brain tumor. How did that change your life?
4: Oh it dramatically changed our family we We came to appreciate life more and and understand the the fragility of life and how things can change very quickly for us. but we all are human and and we all go through these these challenges and as a family uh we can pull together or we can be driven apart by some of these challenges and and I really encourage families to pull together
2: well, Aaron, I really appreciate you being with us today. For Tina Smith and for Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On
1: Air.